Hey guys, I'm Jackie Brubaker. I'm an author, producer, two-time Emmy Award winner, and host of That Girl the Podcast. Each week, I bring on inspiring people and stories to help you become that girl or that guy in your life. That Girl the Podcast is based on the romantic comedy That Girl a Novel, which is now available as a podcast to listen to. Listen to each chapter about finding yourself and adulting in LA. Find That Girl a Novel everywhere you listen to your podcasts. You can also find it on Amazon to buy the Kindle or paperback of. For more, find us at thatgirlthepodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at thatgirlthepodcast and our Patreon page. Hello, Jess Keniston, or do you like to be called Jessica? Oh no, I'm only Jessica if I'm in trouble. <laughs> oh, same. I'm only Jacqueline when I'm in trouble. Thank you. All right. Jess Keniston, she is with me today to talk about her journey as a fitness trainer and a coach. Um, she has a remarkable story. I'm really excited to talk to you. When I start the podcast, I always like to let people um, describe what they do, who they are, and their journey in brief because I feel that they do a better job than I could. So Jess, tell us about yourself. Jackie, thanks so much for having me on. Um, so like you said, my name is Jess Keniston. I run a fitness studio pre-COVID. Now we are all online. Um, I offer wellness coaching, health coaching, and more importantly than that, I suppose I am a mother of four. Um, originally, my love of movement and fitness was ballet. So trained in classical ballet from the time I was about four. Um, actually moved from the US over to England, lived in Bath in the UK for a few years, moved to beautiful Ireland uh, for love, of course, the only reason anyone moves. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I have I have four children ranging from 23 down to 11. So I have a busy, hectic life, but um, I've done it all backwards and wouldn't have done it any other way. How have you <laughs> done it all backwards? Tell us about that. Um, well, I suppose I, I didn't follow the traditional model. So I had my children before I really built up my career or bought a house or anything like that but um you know I think looking back now I wouldn't have it any other way and the decisions you make when you're young and in love are always the right ones at the time so I am super lucky that I am now 42 and coming to the end of my child rearing days which for me just opens up a whole world of opportunity absolutely um, that said, I don't know if I'd encourage my daughter to do things the same way, but, uh, you know, life is, life is funny and it throws you lots of different curveballs. And I think as long as you catch and keep running, then it all works out well in the end. And for me, it most definitely has. Absolutely. Okay. So you were a ballet dancer, which I love. I love, I love. Um, I took ballet as well and did it all until college. Um, so when did you stop? So you were with a company, I take it, right? You were dancing with a company? I was lucky enough to be able to train with the Washington School of Ballet for, um, I think I did about three years there from about 11 to 14. Okay. Um, I had actually auditioned for the Royal Academy of Dance in London and received a scholarship. And what, as we were moving to the UK, my mother moved just over there because she was pursuing a master's in fine arts. Oh, perfect. And my mother being a very responsible parent, 
decided that her 14-year-old could not go to London on her own. Smart. Smart mom. <laughs> very, very smart mom. I did not speak to my mother for about three months, but, you know. <laughs> that was <just> my moment. <laughs> yeah. So when you, if you've danced with a professional company or a professional school, it's, it's quite intense. You know, you would be five or six days a week. Um, there's a lot of rehearsal time as well. You give up most of your, your free time, your socializing uh, becomes passion for your art um so moving to a smaller city in the UK where we didn't have a professional school meant that the level that I was used to working at wasn't available to me in that circumstance now the beautiful thing about that was that I also then was able to do musical theater and go back to the violin and you know focus a little bit more on singing and art and all of those things that I loved um, my first passion had been ballet. So overnight in my overly dramatic 14-year-old head, my life was over <laughs> because I was not going to be a professional ballerina. I, in hindsight, I, I possibly maybe would never have been. Who knows what happens? But, you know, I think when you when you have a passion for something, especially from that young an age and you give up that much time, it does become your whole life. So... To have to change that then was just beyond my realm of comprehension. I had no idea what I was going to do with my life at 14 for the rest of forever. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that we are all in that with you. Um, so then what, what did happen? How um, did you find yourself into fitness? Um, I think, again, when you, when you learn to love something young, um, you'll understand this and any anyone who has passion for a young age be it sport or music or art um, it becomes a part of you mm-hmm. and you seek it out even when you've spent time not involved or immersed in it it's sort of that that happy place that you go back to mm-hmm. so I had my first two children very young um, I was 19 when I had my eldest and 21 when I had my second and then found myself a single parent, um, self or working at the time I was working in retail, trying to juggle work and kids and bills and crash and everything else. Wow. And there wasn't a lot of time for me. Um, and there also wasn't a lot of money to be going out paying for classes or trainers or anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing I could do was put on music and dance. And it was just that thing that for me was, a quick release, um, a comfortable place to be. Uh, if you've ever taken a bar class, you probably know this, Jackie, like to go back to the bar. Is so it's, it's like a security blanket. <laughs> yeah. So you can use a, a chair in your kitchen and do a quick bar warm up and life is so much better straight it, away. Oh so yeah. it was super accessible for me, even though I didn't have the big studio and I didn't have point shoes that were, you know, the right fit. Right. None of that matters because I could put on anything and just move. Yeah. So it was always a, an escape and a release that I went back to. After um, I, I worked in retail for a long time and worked up to a management level. Um, I was a trainer for a lot of retail companies. So my job really was to get the best out of people, to bring them to their next level in their career, to push them through any hurdles, any resistance, you know, And there came a point where I wasn't really being fulfilled 
in that retail career because I didn't feel I was able to really make a huge impact. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're talking about markups and margins and profits on frocks and trinkets. And while that's amazing and we all need those things, you know, I really wanted to be able to help people. So um, the two things that really I was passionate about gelled really well in fitness. And I was late in the game retraining. I have to say I was in my early 30s when I did retrain. But it didn't matter because I was passionate both about moving and about instilling, you know, that next level of of happiness, that next level of expertise, that next level of enthusiasm in people. So to put those two together was just life-changing for me because it opened a whole other realm of possibilities. Wow. That's um, something I know a lot of people are are thinking and doing right now is, is starting a whole new career um, at all kinds of ages right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what gave you, was there one thing in particular that really fired you up to be like, okay, I'm, I'm stopping this job. I'm not feeling fulfilled and I'm going to do something that makes me happy. Um, yeah, my son, uh, <laughs> It was, it was very funny. We were in the car. We were on the way to school. I had uh, three in school and one in a car seat. Being, she was probably about a year and a half, maybe two. And I'd been on the phone to my sister complaining about something or other. And, you know, oh, I hate my job. And out of the mouth of my nine-year-old came, you've got to do this for like 34 more years. So you'd want to stop complaining. Oh, my gosh. Neck drop. <laughs> Yeah, that moment of realization where I went, oh my God, I actually have 34 more years before I can retire. Well, before I am retirement age, would say. And honestly, the the fear that that it was like a kick to the gut in that one moment out of the mouth of a child who saw it clearer than I had ever seen it. I just went, no, I really can't. So I literally... I, I went on the computer later that day and I frantically Googled training courses, <laughs> part-time courses and anything I could do. Yeah. And I think it was a month later I, I enrolled in my first um, fitness brand training as just so that I could have it as a part-time gig. Yeah. You yeah. know, because I said, well, I, I have a family, I have responsibilities. I'll do this in, in sensible baby steps. Right. So there was a period of time where I did do it in sensible baby steps. And, but you know, I I do think really having that moment from my child who was so close to me because it, I think had anyone else said it to me, I would have gone, oh, yeah, yeah. But it was my baby who literally was able to point out, that here's this thing you have to do for a long time. So, yeah, it was eye-opening. Aren't children just so wise? They're like our little guides sometimes. You know, they just say one thing and you're like, oh my gosh, I've been going to therapy for years and you just put it so perfectly like that. <laughs> They're just amazing like that. I'm so glad he said that to you because now you've created this amazing brand um, and you did start a gym. And of course with COVID now, everything is online, which I was reading all about. And your testimonies, people are just so thrilled. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about your gym when you started it and then how it's progressed into an online platform. Yeah, so um, my 
I suppose my motivation with the actual physical space, I had been working between different facilities and delivering classes and training people. And not to say that anyone does anything wrong or, you know, that anyone's way is necessarily better than, than anyone else's, but I had this vision of being able to provide a certain type of class for women, for mums, and okay. um, be able to provide kind of a, a space that was family friendly to, you know, give them times that were convenient so that you could maybe have morning classes where you could bring your toddlers, that kind of thing. I love there that. isn't a lot of that here. And even a lot of the big, big box gyms, they might have crash facilities, Hours are really limited and there's an additional cost, even if you are a member. So often then that's making it harder for mothers. And we, realistically, we have it hard enough. Okay. Yeah. Um, with, with like, I remember thinking about myself pre-child. I was like this vivid, bright oil painting, you know, popping off the canvas and it just felt like with every baby, it's kind of like you pour a wash over, you know, and the colors kind of faded a bit. And you kind of, you do, you lose a little bit of yourself. You, you have to give over a part of yourself. But right. I wanted to provide a space where women could go with their kid. It doesn't have to be restrictive. So, yeah, I, I took the leap. I wrote the business plan, which I was, you know, lucky enough to be able to do on my own. I went to the bank and I said, hey how do you feel like giving me the money? Um, <laughs> I, took a very, <laughs> I took a very small loan. I took a very empty space. And I literally, with the help of my partner, we went in and we did from floor to ceiling, everything that we could except the electrics. Um, and I made it happen. And I was so super proud of it. Uh, still am. Um, and yeah, it was, and it still is, it is a, it is a family, it is a community. One of the things I miss, I miss most about being online is that, you know, the kids can come in and I have seen some of them since they, the time they were in, you know, car seats or some of them, you know, we've had a few fit steps babies, which is fantastic. Yeah. It's so nice to see women through a pregnancy and their recovery and further on. So I kind of miss that. Mm-hmm. Now we still get to see their little faces. They pop up on the screen and they wave and, and that's great. But, yeah. you know, some of these babies who I literally have known their whole lives, I haven't been able to have a cuddle with. So um, that's been tough. But, you know, super proud that I was able to create this space where people felt safe enough that they were actually then willing to take that step onto the online platform with me. Right. And. I would be lying if I said I didn't have my reservations about going online as well. Because in the back of my head, you know, there's YouTube, there's Beachbody, there's mm-hmm. there's however many online mm-hmm. platforms. So one of the things that I am really, really stuck on is providing actual live online classes. So mm-hmm. I deliver my classes live to you and and I like my clients to have the camera on so that I can see them, interact with them, motivate them, yeah. keep them safe as well. So it makes it a little bit more um, time consuming sometimes, but that's what I would be doing normally anyway, is spending that time face to face. So as much as possible, we try and keep it face to face. I love that you're doing that because um, so my yoga studio um, had to go online as well. But, um, and it was live, which I really appreciate it because there is a difference between watching a pre-recorded, um, 
class and then actually going to class. Um, I think you always work harder when you're in class in person. I don't know what that is. I have no idea what that is. You probably do, but accountability, I, just, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I also love that you created this business plan where it is really mom friendly that you can bring your kids. Cause let's just be honest. Like it's hard enough to get anywhere with your kids, much mm-hmm. less the gym where most people who don't even have kids won't even get to. So I think also with your, your unique community that you've created, um, if I were a part of that, I would most, I would want to be watching you live and I would want you to see me so that we could kind of keep and maintain that community. So I think that's really smart and also very unique and innovative that you're, that you're doing that. Um, is there a time in your life that something really major happened that really shifted gears for you that gave you, uh, to quote Oprah, like an aha moment, something really pivotal that you'd like to share? Yeah. Um, I mean, again, I think, you know, people, people have to understand that we all have trauma. We all have um, events. And I, I would definitely there there's been several events over the course of my life that have really shocked me or forced me in a different direction you know um the biggest one for me and it's what i found recently looking at it is that it's actually it's created so many more it's kind of like aftershocks yeah. of an earthquake that's a good so, way to it but yeah, very much so. And I think anyone who's gone through a trauma can, can relate to that when you start to actually look back. Um, my my eldest son is actually disabled. He has an acquired brain injury. Um, so when he was seven and a half, he was knocked down by a car um, in, a, in a cul-de-sac, very small um, <laughs> little estate. And at the time, my youngest child was six weeks old. It was my, my son, my third he was six weeks old so uh all that happened the, the space of time that elapsed would say was that I was taking the baby out of the car and bringing him into my friend's front room in the little car seat and in that in the time that it took to do that from the car to the front room that was the time that it, it happened mm-hmm. um so we had uh we had months in hospital, we had weeks in coma. We had um, a diagnosis of, you know, a child who would probably have a feeding tube, uh, definitely use a wheelchair, um, definitely not go back to school or anything like that. Um, oh my gosh. And it was funny because I, <laughs> I don't know if it was just sheer stubbornness or um, an absolute disregard for what I was being told at the time I remember thinking no that is not how this is going to go yeah um and so lucky uh, he made an amazing recovery he is fantastic he did go back to school he walks he talks he's in college he you know things are harder for him he has been left with both physical and um some mental side effects in terms of like uh he's no depth perception he's a little bit of a processing delay you know the small things that to be honest I think we all have small things anyway agreed (laughs) agreed (laughs) I think 
the the biggest part of that first and foremost is that that guilt of not being able to protect your child right. then the the guilt of not being able to fix them mm-hmm. um the impact that that has had on my other children um my second son was five at the time and the change in him was instantaneous his big brother that he knew his whole life had completely gone this child that he you know they were so close everything changed for them in that moment and really even even though many years you know have elapsed their relationship is not the same will never be the same Mm -hmm. even the way I parent is very different Mm-hmm. but it, I I feel lucky and blessed to have had these experiences which I know some people go huh but I I genuinely think it has taught me so much in terms of patience yeah it has taught me so much in terms of being able to rely on my intuition mm-hmm. because I knew that that was not the end I knew that was not you know, the the probability, the best case scenarios that they were right. feeding us were not the only way that things could go. Right. Um, a huge amount of resilience from my children, from myself, from my partner. Um, and it's just been eye-opening because we've we've met people we would never have encountered. Um, I have a new tolerance for people. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I the back of all of that. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, especially in, you'll know this in coaching, often people will come to you and they have a major problem. And that major problem might be what something that you might consider very trivial. Mm -hmm. But the thing you have to recognize is that in that moment to them, it is a major problem. Mm -hmm. So it's given me a real sympathy and empathy towards that because you don't know what it feels like to that other person. You don't know. I mean, something as small as, you know, they spilled the coffee off the top of the car could be enough to send a person over the edge because you don't know what they're carrying from yeah. a previous trauma or, you know, just life in general. Right. So I've learned an awful lot from it. Um, it also has really, I suppose, made me want to get as much out of everything as I can. Yeah. Because you don't know what's coming. So I want to be the best version of myself. I want to provide the best service for my clients. I want them to be able to embrace the best version of themselves and do all the things they don't think are possible right now because they are. They absolutely are. And, you know, if I can, with four kids, a disabled child, having gone through the trauma of that um, relationship issues off the back of the pressure that comes with all of that as well you know we've yeah. had a huge amount to negotiate and it hasn't always been rosy yeah. so you know if you can get through those things I genuinely believe there is nothing in the world you can't accomplish so new business do it <laughs> you know close the physical site put it online sure why not um there, there's always a way and oh, all you have yes. to do is get creative and dig the heels in Absolutely. There is always a way. And the, the sentence that just kept coming through my head when you were talking about your story is that I love that you're like, maybe it was just stubbornness or, or whatnot, but I was like, no, it's the power of love. 
Like it's Mm. truly just the power of love when you love someone so much and you're like, no, this isn't the, what they're telling me is not the end game here. Like you, I swear, I think you can love people to another level and they feel it and it happens. It's just so powerful. And you're such a strong woman and such a strong, loving mom. And oh my God, I just like feel it from you so, so much. Um, I think you're absolutely right. And you must train the heck out of people because if that's (laughs) the kind of energy that's coming at you, like you are going to get those six pack (laughs) and also probably learn a tremendous amount about yourself. Cause like you said, Mm. you know, sometimes people are dealing with things that you would think are shallow or trivial, but it's what they're carrying. And it's always what's underneath that trivial thing. That's just set them off that really needs to be addressed. And that's how you not only make changes in your life, but also with your body and your mind, you just, you just keep pushing forward. I'm, I'm so grateful that we got to talk because I just think that you are such a remarkable woman and so inspirational and have such an interesting story to tell. So thank you so much for coming on. No, my pleasure. And um, yeah, no, absolutely. I think the more people are willing to you know, believe in themselves, invest in themselves, and you know, keep pushing forward, the better things are going to get. Absolutely. All across the board. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Tell people how they can best find you. Um, you can find me on Instagram, it's at FitTrain, or the website is uh, FitStepsTraining.com. Um, we have lots of exciting new projects coming in the next few weeks, so do check us out. Absolutely. I'm going to check you out because I was like, I want to take some of her live courses, <laughs> like <laughs> her live classes. Um, also, Jess is in Ireland. So you can be in America taking a class in Ireland these days, which is super cool to me. I think that's really cool. <laughs> it's it's so wonderful. And we actually run a, t- a timetable for the East Coast as well. I'm lucky enough to have colleagues on the East Coast. Um, and it's it's so cool to see people log on from New York and Florida and say hi. So yeah, absolutely wonderful. See, so, so much advantage out of all of this COVID thing. There is. I've, I love that we're, we're all connecting all over the world right now. I mean, we might be socially distanced, but we are absolutely connecting on a different level. So thank you so much, Jazz. My pleasure, Jackie. Thanks a million. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Remember, sharing is caring. Make sure to rate the podcast and leave a review. We really rely on this to help get the podcast out there. Also, make sure to watch the video version on YouTube and follow us on Instagram at Podcast.